Thanks for joining us tonight. On behalf of San Francisco Ballet, I'd like to welcome you to the War Memorial Opera House and the Meet the Artist program. I'm Cheryl Osola, a writer for San Francisco Ballet and editor-in-chief of Dance Studio Life magazine. And I am happy to have as my guest tonight, principal dancer Luke Ingham. Please welcome Hello. him. For the benefit of our podcast listeners and anyone else like me who is very forgetful, today is Friday, February 26, 2016. So just a little bit of information before we start our chat. Uh, many of the Meet the Artist interviews are available uh, in podcast form on our website, sfballet.org, where you will also find dancer bios, program notes, casting information, upcoming events, education programs, and the company's blog, Open Studio 455. And there are other ways you can connect with us online, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and Instagram. So um, one last note is that we will have time for some questions after our conversation, so um, you can be thinking about that. So my guest, Luke Ingham, trained at the Australian Ballet School and danced at Australian Ballet and Houston Ballet before joining San Francisco Ballet as a soloist in 2012. Two years later, he was promoted to principal dancer. So many of you have seen him on stage in a, in a very diverse rep, but if you saw the film version of Helgi Thomason's Romeo and Juliet, uh, which was released last fall as part of Lincoln Center at the movies, Great American Dance, then you've seen Luke on the silver screen as well. He played Tybalt. So we're going to obviously talk a little bit about Swan Lake tonight, but before we get into that, Luke, um, why don't you t tell us how you ended up here? You danced professionally for 12 years before coming here. What made you set your sights on this company? Um, well, actually, I danced for eight years. I think it was with the Australian Ballet. Um, I saw the company... Uh, I was fortunate enough to travel to San Francisco in 2005. Um, while I was still in the quarter ballet of the Australian Ballet. And I visited a few other companies as well in, in the United States. And, and this company was the one that really resonated with me. Um, I think that they had such a great balance of dances. There were some really fantastic principals, but there was some really amazing soloists and the, and the quarter ballet was really strong as well. And I think at the time, after seeing ABT, New York City Ballet and a few other companies, you know, you, you sort of knew who the stars there were, but after that, for me, it sort of wasn't as strong, and yet when I saw this company, I, it was, it just sort of always stuck in my mind, and I thought how, how much of a fantastic company it was, and um, I came and auditioned in 2010, and it didn't quite work out, and then came back again and joined the company in 2012. Well, that's, that's great that you had your sights set on that from and that long ago. That's, that's wonderful. I mean, San Francisco is such a great city, too. Um, I love, really love living here. It's very similar uh, for me the, as living in Australia. It's just sort of uh, Melbourne. It sort of reminds me of Melbourne. It's got this great, like, cafe 
food scene and there's so many great places to go out and then you get out of the city, you know, you can head up to Sonoma and the, the coastline along there really reminds me of, of home and where I grew up. If you're just joining us, I'm chatting with principal dancer Luke Ingham. So you've, you've danced a lot of major roles in full-length ballets, but you made your debut as Prince Siegfried here this week with this production of Swan Lake. Um, and given the fact that this is such a beloved ballet, I mean, it's practically iconic, it's so many people's favorite, what was the first thing that entered your mind when you found out you'd been cast? Well, it was interesting because uh, I only sort of started the process about three weeks ago. Um, so I learnt the entire ballet in about two weeks. Um, you know, with, with our job sometimes there's injuries and, and so fortunately, right place, right time. And yeah, I mean, it's been a whirlwind, but it's definitely, uh, it's always a great experience, you know, the, doing these full-length ballets, and, and I think whenever you get to perform these roles, you, you always take something from, from each ballet, and you know you sort of catalog these experiences, and, and it helps to make you a better dancer. Yeah, I, I was wondering, just in the, along the spectrum of full-length ballets, you know, the, the principal male role, where does this one fall in terms of difficulty or, or um, challenge of any kind? I actually, there's, it's very challenging. Artistically, it's very challenging. Um, you're obviously on stage a lot of the time. I mean, basically the entire ballet. So in that regards, it's very challenging. It, I'd always had this sort of thought of what the Black Swan part of would be like. And there's actually other part of that I find much harder. It's, it's, a really, it's a really fun part of to perform and I really love the variation. It's it's something that I remember watching that variation as a, as a kid, and yeah. So I think it's always sort of been like the knowledge of it has always sort of been been there for me. So so you mentioned having to learn this r really quickly in only two weeks. Tell us a little bit about that process. Who coached you, and what particular takeaways did you get in terms of technique and characterization that really resonated with you? Um, I think that for me, I enjoy being able to learn things, uh, especially in this situation where you're working with people that know the ballet. I think it's important for me to, to get a bit of a background and to really understand the choreography. So I like to learn things from the DVD, uh, get a, a really good idea of what, what I'm doing when I'm in the studio so that I feel comfortable. And then that way when I'm in there, if we have two hours or we have an hour, I'm able to make maximum use of the time. Um, I actually write notes. <laughs> I get a, a notepad and a, a, a pencil and I write down a lot of notes and I think that really helps to make the sort of choreography stick in my mind. Um, I was fortunate enough, I worked with Lola uh, Dialva for the past two weeks and, and she's been like really fantastic with her. Um, she's really good at sort of interpreting things and really making um, the story and uh, just the sort of the, the mood and, and how I should be feeling. She's made all that very clear. Lola de Avila was a um, 
is, is a former associate artistic director of the school here and has, has done a lot of coaching uh, for the company with, with the classics. So if, if you're just coming in, I'm chatting with principal dancer Luke Ingham. So one thing I wondered about, um, you know, as I mentioned, you, you, you do dance a very diverse repertory. Um, how important is it to dance the full-length ballets to you? And I don't mean in terms of, of broadening yourself as an artist, but how important is it to you to take on a character, to really develop the, who this person is, um, is that something you would feel bereft without doing? And does it give you any insights into, into yourself as a person, even more than as a dancer? Um, I think to sort of start at the beginning, I think when what really uh, attracted me to ballet when I was sort of in my early teens and, and the point where I started to become very serious about ballet was seeing these like uh, full-length ballets, seeing the Don Quixote's, the Swan Lakes and, and the Giselles and you always imagined yourself doing these roles and so for me getting the opportunity to dance these roles is sort of, um, it sort of makes me proud knowing that I've sort of accomplished what I set out to do as a, as a young teenager. Um, I think that there's definitely very gratifying feeling uh, when you finish performing a, a full length. Uh, you sort of pour your heart and soul into a character and there's really something very special when the curtain comes down and, and you know, it's a, it's a very um, adrenaline-filled job. You know, it's very physical, but, um, you know, and every role is, is hard for its own reasons, but there's definitely something that is very special about performing the full lengths. Just a just a, a incredible feeling of satisfaction when that curtain comes down. Yeah. Well, you know, you've 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 had a lot of experience playing young men for whom things don't really work out very well. Romeo and Juliet, uh, Albrecht and Giselle, the title role in Onegin. Fortunately, you did get to get the girl in Cinderella. Um, but basically, you've, you, in all of these love stories, um, you do a lot of partnering and a lot of different kinds of partnering. So to, I wondered if you could talk about that a little bit, just sort of, you know, the nitty-gritty of partnering. Well, I think partnering is probably my biggest strength. Um, it, was, it was actually interesting. When I was in the Australian Ballet School, I was about... Uh, 15 or 16 years old and I was a lot smaller than a lot of the guys. I was one of the shortest guys in my year and we had a lot of like taller girls and, and they were very sort of, uh, in Australia they especially they put a lot of emphasis on partnering and being a good partner and I remember one of my teachers basically said to me at that age, he said, if you're not a good partner you won't get a job. Um, I guess because I wasn't a good enough dancer. <laughs> but um so I think that that always sort of stuck with me and, and it, it sort of was something for me that at the time I felt like I wasn't very good at it and, and that was motivation for me to want to be better at it. And now it's something I really, um, I really enjoy. I think uh, it's something that I, I feel very confident about which makes things a lot easier when you, you feel like you just sort of know, you get to know partners very well, you get to work with 
a lot of the same people, so it makes the process much easier. I would imagine that as a, as a young dance student, learning to partner is terrifying. I mean, the first overhead lift you do? So what do you remember about those days? Um, well, I mean, I, I will say this, like with partnering especially, I mean, it's not necessarily about strength. There's a lot of coordination, there's a lot of timing, and you sort of really start to feel things. And, and I think that um, growing up, I think that and I think with a lot of people, there's this emphasis on that you, if in order to do this stuff, you have to be very strong, and, and you do, but you also have to be very in tune with what the person in front of you is doing. And so I think early on, it was sort of more about getting that technique. It is a very different, uh, there is a technique to partnering. You know, there's certain ways that you do lifts, and there's certain, um, like, just feeling the girl when she's on balance, if she's in an arabesque, you know, the weight is different to if she's, her, she's got a leg up to the front in Devon. And I think it's just understanding how each girl is different and you sort of build on it from, from that. Do you, do you get to a point where, where you can, I suppose it becomes transferable. It's like, so I've done a similar thing in this other ballet. This isn't exactly the same, but it's a similar principle. Is that, would that be accurate? Um, yeah, and I think it's, it's like a lot of things you sort of, uh, you sort of build on, build on everything. So, I mean, some people are lucky. They're very natural, naturally gifted at, at certain things. And I mean, there's so many dancers that we work with that are so talented. For me, it was a different process. It was about learning, it was about sort of um, building blocks, basically. Yeah. I think I saw a few latecomers come in. I'm chatting with principal dancer Luke Ingham. So this was obviously something that, that you wanted very much. You started dancing at age five, but I, you wanted to dance before that, and your mother said, no, you must wait. Uh, and your mother was a dance teacher. So, so tell us, why, why did you want to dance? Um, well, she had a pair of old ballet shoes. Um, so I found them one day and I sort of was really inquisitive about it. I was about three years old. Um, and, you know, like she wasn't disparaging about it. She just sort of said, well, when you turn five, we'll take you along. And, you know, if you like it, you can, you can start. And so when I turned five, I said I wanted to try it out. Um, I used to be, well, I mean, I guess we, I still am, but I used to really love playing sport. I used to play cricket, Australian rules football. I used to be a, a really good swimmer. I used to love swimming. And so I think that the ballet sort of fit in well with all those things because it was so physical and it was a good way for me to sort of drain off a lot of energy. I had a lot of energy as a kid. And I'm sure people will tell you I have a lot of energy as, a, as an adult as well. Um, and yeah, I think that, that, but with ballet, there was always something that, and I guess this sounds a little strange, but it really frustrated me. Um, like sport, I used to love playing sport, still love swimming, but ballet was something that I never really felt good at. And I always felt really challenged and really frustrated. And, and I think that that was part of the reason that I stuck with it was because I wanted to get better at it.
So is that part of what made you decide to dance professionally? It's like, I am going to do this. I'm going to meet this challenge. Yeah, and I think there was also, it, once I got accepted into the Australian Ballet School um, and then into the company, I was 18 years old. And so it was sort of a very smooth transition and I never sort of thought about doing anything else. Um, you know, like I could have never left my country town. I could have... I could be there, I could be a, you know, a bricklayer or driving trucks or working on a dairy farm. But um, yeah, it just sort of, everything sort of fell into place and, and I guess that, you know, sometimes it's just, you get lucky. I was very young, my mum let me um, move away from home when I was 15, I lived in another city. Um, I lived on my own from about the age of 16. Uh, cared for myself, did all my washing, cooking, like never got into too much trouble, so yeah. No, I was actually I was actually pretty good. Like I was pretty responsible. Learn how to cook, take care of myself. So, but I mean, I think for her that was a big thing too. And and I was very fortunate that she she trusted me enough to let me do that because, you know, sometimes maybe if I waited another year, it might not have worked out. So it sounds like it wasn't something that you had to come to a decision about like one day it was like am I going to do this or am I not it just sort of evolved that this was your path well I think I I kind of did decide I I really at one point I was really sort of um contemplating sticking with swimming um I was doing the two ballet and swimming side by side and it got to a point where my mom sort of gave me an ultimatum I would I would go home, I would drink a half a gallon of milk and fall asleep on the couch, I'd just be exhausted. And she was like, enough, like, you can't keep doing this, it's too much. Like, what do you want to do? So from there we sort of figured out sort of a, a pathway into to getting into the Australian Ballet and then hopefully, like, a career in dance because, you know, at that age you're not really thinking about, like, your future career, you know, you're just sort of starting out in high school. And, yeah, so I think it, it wasn't necessarily that I had that, like, burning desire to become a dancer. It was just that that was the next step. Um, at the time when I started high school, actually, I was, doing, I was at an agricultural high school, so I was actually doing like farm, farm studies, like we would drive tractors around and shear sheep and we had like a working piggery and chickens and all this sort of stuff. So that was always in the back of my mind as well. I, I, I grew up in the country and I really, um, I really loved the farming things that I got to do as a kid. And so there was still an element of me that thought, you know, if this doesn't work out, I, I always have this other thing that I really enjoy doing. But fortunately, yeah, we're here, so. I actually can picture you shearing sheep. Yeah, I, ha I've, I have actually. Um, my mum's husband, is a, he's a sheep farmer. And so basically when I was living in Australia, I used to spend my summers shearing. So it'd be 120 degrees in the shed and there'd be three or 400 sheep that we would shear and it was good, you, you'd get really fit. Um, you know, it was a lot of lifting, so. Yeah, but it was something that I, I, I actually miss that. I miss not being able to get home. Um, you know, I, I don't get to spend as much time on the farm as I used to, but it's definitely 
something that I always sort of love to think about and wish that I could do more. One more quick question, and then I'm going to open it up to all of you. Um, you did an artist spotlight a couple of years ago. It's up on the website if you want to take a look at it. Go to the interact button. Um, and you mentioned that you thought it was important for kids to do what they loved, even though they might encounter obstacles, bullying, or whatever. And I, so I just wondered if you encountered any obstacles that you had to overcome. Um, I mean, I... I think I was pretty lucky. I, I grew up in a, in a small country town. I never uh, hid the fact that I, I did ballet, but I was also very athletic and used to play sport at lunch and get into fights with kids. And, and I think that, I, I think the fact that my family and how I grew up was very grounded and very different to, to being just this like sort of kid that does ballet that I sort of, I was fortunate enough to, it sort of evened it, evened itself out. Uh, there was some times in high school where it, I got picked on a little bit, but I always had like really good friends and, and it, so it sort of became a bit of like water off a duck's back, which I think was lucky for me, but um, I think everyone sort of encounters different things in their own daily lives that, you know, might not mean anything to someone else, but it's... I think your ability to sort of look through it and and sort of do what you want to do and do what you think is right is what becomes important. And I think that if you're able to do that, uh, you know, people will respect you for for not, you know, letting these people that doubt you get to you and affect you. I hope a, a lot of young dance students will hear that on this podcast. So now we're gonna open it up to you. Please raise your hand if you have a question. One per person and try to be brief. Yes. Could you tell us how you take care of your body? Stay in some shape, maybe some special diet or what? How do you take care of your body? Stay in shape, watch your diet. Um, well, to be honest, I should probably take a lot better care of it. Um, I was, it's interesting with the, the diet. I actually got asked this question the other day and um, I think that for me, I always think that I should eat better, but I always, I feel like I always eat the things that I think I need. So, you know, like I try and eat a lot of like steak and salad, but then there's always fries that end up on the plate. <laughs> and, you know, so I don't know. It's sort of, I try to be conscious of, of what I eat, but it, it doesn't really ever end up working out that well. But we, in that said, we, we do exercise a lot, and I, it's something that I take very seriously. Um, I take, try to take really good physical care of myself. I had an in, a really bad injury um, about five years ago. I fractured a bone in my foot and was basically told that I might not be able to dance anymore. So. That was sort of a bit of a wake-up call for me, and I was back in Australia. I was able to work with some really great Pilates and um, physical trainers and stuff. So that sort of carries over now to to my workouts. I, I do a lot of reformer workouts, like with Pilates, and just I don't like to lift weights. Um, I like to ride, ride my bike. I go surfing a little bit. Um, 
yeah, it's sort of just good to have a balance of things. The question is whether you ever went to any of the national audition schools that uh, national audition tours for summer programs that the schools do. Um, so basically, the system in Australia is a little bit different to here. Like we, there were sort of an uh, there was like a summer program that was offered through the Australian Ballet School, um, but it was only like sort of a one or two week in, intensive thing. So I think here it sort of goes for like a month. Right. And I mean, I think that if the opportunity is there, I think it's, it's, a, it's a really good thing to do. I think it gives you a taste of what it's like to be in a full-time uh, learning, like ballet situation. Um, I mean, that said, for me, I... I started, the only full-time ballet training I did was when I joined the Australian Ballet School at 15, so it took me a little while to adjust to that. I think because I was very young, very immature, that going from just being in a normal high school and, and doing sort of four or five classes a week to doing full-time ballet, there was definitely an adjustment period, but I think that eventually you do adjust and, and then whether it would have made any difference had I done a full-time course or not, I think it would sort of even itself out. Yes, here. Um, which, which potted, which potted are more difficult than the black swan and why? Um, I definitely think that the Onyegin, um, the last program we do this year, the potters, the the two main partiers in that are some of the, the, the hardest ones. Um, Grandpa's even just, I find Nutcracker really hard. <laughs> just stamina and you sort of do a lot in the coder and so that in itself makes it very difficult. The partnering stuff is, is, is fine but yeah, I was thinking that the other day, I was like, Nutcracker's really hard. <laughs> Um, the Onyegin thing, I think, it's such an iconic um, part of the, both of them, and there's just some really demanding lifts and, and sequences of partnering. They're also quite long, so you, you're really using your, your arms a lot. One more, and it must be rather quick. The question is, is how long can, can the body take all this ballet, quote-unquote, abuse on the joints? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think for everyone it's different. Um, I think that people, I mean, I've been very fortunate. I've had one or two major injury, well, injuries, and the rest of the time it's just about maintaining, like, my body. So I think that... Injuries can sort of make things challenging for people, and I don't know. I think for me personally, I would 
love to get another five to eight years out of my body, but in saying that, I, don't, I just don't, you don't know. You just do the best that you can and fingers crossed, you know. We are out of time. I'm sorry for those of you with your hands up. Thank you so much for joining us. Please do visit our website. Thank you, Luke. <laughs>